The Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 1. Um, it's the NIV if you've got it on your phones. Beginning to read at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Continuing from verse 67. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said, through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show us mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Well, how good are you at getting the words right to Christmas songs and carols? Just as we were singing Silent Night, I saw the line, Round Yon Virgin. I always thought, well, you'd be pretty round if you were nine months pregnant as well, wouldn't you? But growing up, there were always a few others that didn't make much sense to me, like on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I thought, who's Olive the other reindeer? Olive the other reindeer. And I always felt sorry for Holly with Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls with Bowels of Holly. Poor old Holly. And Joy to the World. Joy to the World. The Lord has gum. A letter, receipt, a key. That's how I heard it. I hope I've not spoiled those songs for you with my alternative words. But it's important to get the words right for songs, isn't it? Otherwise, we miss out on the message of them. And today we're looking at these two songs that Sharon just read from the Bible 
to make sure that we've got the right words about Christmas. And as we do, we'll see that Christmas is bigger. So the two big songs of joy, uh, the first sung by Mary, not long after she's received the news that she, a virgin, is going to be um, give birth to a son. And that, that baby is going to be God's long-promised rescuer king, the Messiah. So Mary's song, and the second is by John the Baptist's dad. Um, so John, who was going to go before Jesus, announcing his arrival. Um, well, his dad, Zechariah. Uh, so that's just after John's naming ceremony. So you know when you hear the opening bars of a theme tune, theme tune. So say the James Bond theme tune. You hear it. You know, you know, you know what to expect, don't you? You know it's not going to be a rom com. You know it's not going to be a Hallmark Christmas movie. It's going to be action, adventure, gadgets, suave, smooth, handsome Englishman. I'm available for, uh, you know, smooth talking one-liners. That's, you know what to expect when you hear that theme tune. Uh, these songs are God's introduction to Jesus before he's born to help us know what to expect. To help us know what to expect of him and why his birth means Christmas is bigger than we might imagine. Because the songs of joy about the big news that Jesus is a gift that we all really need, bringing us peace with God. So let's get into them. First, Mary's song. Now, most of us are going to get gifts this Christmas, aren't we, I think? And are you ready with your gift-opening reactions? You know, you have to make different noises as you... Oh, oh, I wonder what it is. You know, make a bit of a show of it. Oh, Oh, no, it couldn't be, could it? Oh, you shouldn't have, you know, and you open it carefully... And you open it, oh, well, that's what it is. But sometimes, you don't have to put any of that on. You're genuinely surprised and overjoyed with this gift. And you can't help but give, you, give that heartfelt reaction of joy and surprise. Well, that's the kind of reaction we're getting from Mary. And the song starts off about her in the first half and then expands to include all humanity. So it's kind of song in two halves. Kind of verse, first verse is about Mary and the blessings to her, and then expands right out. So let's have a look at that really personal first half. And it shows that Mary is God-centered, she's joyful, and she's humble. So verse 46, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant." From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary is blessed, not because she's immaculate or co-redeemer or anything like that. Any funny ideas about Mary? Mary's blessed because of who her son is. Blessed because the dire situation we find ourselves in is about to be turned around. And she has found herself integral to the start of something, to the start of someone that is the turning point, not just of Earth's history, but of all eternity. And Mary's in the middle of it. When you ask a child if they had a good Christmas, 
generally they're not going to tell you about the food or the relatives that came to visit. Generally they'll tell you about the gifts that they received. That's what they're excited about. Um, so for one year, for me, it was all about, um, yeah, I used to have hair, this is me getting my favorite ever Lego set, space Lego. I think Dave McIver had one as well. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Well, that's what Mary's excited about, not Lego. Mary's excited about God's gift, Jesus, whose name means God saves. And that she's been tasked with bringing him into the world. She's excited about what God has done for her. The gift he's given her. Verse 48, uh, Mary describes herself as having humble state. So she's not talking particularly about being financially poor, although she might have been. What she's talking about is knowing at a heart level that she's not good enough to save herself. Mary's true humility is knowing that she needs God to save her and trusting him to do that. See, Mary understood her need for a saviour. Do you understand that need? Because we tend to play down the seriousness of our rebellion against God. But the Bible describes our state without God's help as being dead in sin. A bit like a Christmas tree has been sawn off from its source of life. We put tinsel and fairy lights on it to make it seem okay. But at heart, our sin is our prideful rejecting of God and his ways, taking the reins on the sleigh ride of life for ourselves. But we need to hand back those reins to God and trust him to give us new life. So Mary's song isn't about how she's got it all together. Mary's song is about knowing our need for a saviour and trusting in the faithfulness of God the Mighty One to save us. So Mary didn't have it all together. Don't wait until you think you've got your life right enough before putting your trust in God. Just be humble like Mary. So that's her first half of her song, the personal bit. And now the rest of the song broadens out from God as her personal saviour to how God will act to save her whole nation of Israel and the whole of humanity through them. And from verse 50, it's like it's dawning on Mary how big her Christmas news is and how it's another in a long line of God keeping his promises. Another in a long line of God keeping his promises. So verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Mercy. Or in other words, forgiveness. Forgiveness is at the heart of Christmas because forgiveness is at the heart of who God is. Always has been and always will be. And Mary's song now gives us a sort of character summary of God based on how he acted in the Old Testament. But her words are also forwards-looking, speaking of how Jesus will act in his lifetime on earth and how God acts through the risen Jesus on a worldwide, eternal scale. 
See, Christmas is bigger than we might imagine because it's the coming together of all God's promises of mercy and forgiveness, all of that that you can find all the way through the Old Testament, coming together and then moving forwards the future promise of forgiveness for anyone who will trust in Jesus. All that promise for game becoming fulfilled and then moving forward to promise of forgiveness for anyone who will trust in Jesus. This Christmas story is bigger. It's right in the middle. It's, it's the coming together for full, the fulfillment and it's the beginning of this rescue plan. So Mary's song is about knowing what to expect from God. So it's like with Christmas, a kind of comforting thing about Christmas is each year is a little bit different, but generally on the whole, you know what to expect, don't you? You know roughly how things are going to pan out. So in my, our house growing up, uh, we all put pillowcases out on the sofas downstairs and Dad would lock the door so we didn't go in early. You'd put the pillowcases out. The next morning you go down, all filled up with presents. There's still something now, a, a wrapped gift in a pillowcase. It's just amazing. And then all the aunties and uncles would come around, um, grandma and granddad, dinner would be at one precisely, because granddad insisted, followed by a five o'clock tea precisely. You know, all there on chairs of different heights, aren't you, because there's never enough chair on the tables, and somebody always puts the wine on the, the get between the tables and spills it. All that, you know exactly what was going to happen. You know what to expect. Well, Mary knows what to expect from God, because Mary knows God's previous form. So verse 51, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. So those bigging themselves up, proudly taking God's place, brought down to size. The humble and the hungry like Mary, who know their need for God's rescue, lifted up. So as God is revealing how he's going to save us through her son, God is letting Mary and us know that it's going to have that same flavor of how God has always been. Mary's baby, the son of the Most High, will go on to teach and live out this kind of great reversal hanging out with the tax collectors and prostitutes who realize their need for rescue whilst warning against the self-righteous religious. And it will go on to save us through the greatest reversal in the history of the universe. So from Philippians chapter 2. Christ being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's God using his power and might to show us mercy. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abram and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. 
So God's remembered mercy. God's remembered his promises to his people and through them to all humanity. So let's jump ahead now to Zechariah's song to see, to see what some of those promises were. So there's a slide with them all on, Robert. Thanks. That's the one. So verse 68, redeeming his people. Verse 69, salvation. Verse 71, again, salvation again. Verse 72, mercy. Verse 74, rescue and enabling. So a whole bunch of promises. Promises to give us what we don't deserve. Promises to love us so much that he'll make a way through Jesus to be in his perfect presence forever, even though we rebel against him. And in this passage right here, God is helping Mary and Zechariah to see that he's about to fulfill all these promises through the son Mary is carrying. Christmas songs in general have two main themes, don't they? Winter weather events and being miserable for one reason or another at Christmas. Like 90% of Christmas songs you hear on the radio, it's about, miserable, it's about winter weather and being miserable. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but our two bigger Christmas songs have two main themes as well. God fulfilling his promises, we've just talked about, and where those promises lead, salvation, being saved, rescued. But salvation from what? Well, what's really wrong with the world and how is it going to be saved? You hear lots of ideas about this. You know, if only we can get the right political system in place, everything will be fine. If only we get education or the economy just right, everything will be fine. On a more personal level, what salvation do we go looking for? Maybe to overcome the social disadvantages we've been dealt or to move past the psychological impact of our upbringing or to get into the right relationship or to get out of the wrong relationship. Lots of different ideas of what's really going to make life okay for us. But if we shrink our vision of salvation just down to just this world, what we can see in here now, well, then we'll pour all our energies into trying to win those smaller salvations. But the catch is they'll never quite deliver. They'll only ever be a temporary fix. God has got a much bigger, all-inclusive plan of salvation in mind. And led by the Holy Spirit, Zechariah sings that his own son, John the Baptist, has come in verse 77 to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Forgiveness. Because the heart of the problem is the problem of our heart. Our hearts which plot and scheme against God to put ourselves first before him. And the Bible calls that rebellion sin. And because of our sin, we need God's forgiveness in order to be saved. So do you know you need forgiving? Uh, We saw in Mary's song that if you don't think you need forgiving, it's just because you're too proud. That you think you know better than God how your life should be run. 
Or perhaps you're all too aware of your need for forgiveness, but you think, I'm just too far gone. It's too late for me. Well, that's just pride as well, because that's like saying you've thought of some special category of sin that God hadn't thought of and hasn't dealt with. It's just hiding behind the shrug of the shoulders. But Zechariah's lyrics tell us the way to respond to Jesus' arrival is repentance. So turning away from sin, turning to God for forgiveness. And what are the results of this salvation that Jesus brings us? Verse 79. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Jesus brings us out of the darkness and death of being alienated from God and brought into the peace of loving relationship with him forever when we believe and trust in Jesus. The peace of being freed to be who we were made to be. Free to live life for God without fear, knowing that Jesus has taken the darkness and death we deserve. Free to live knowing that God forgives us and nothing can separate us from him ever again. So as you look at these two songs, how do you respond? Because certain songs make you respond in certain ways, don't they? They might make you start singing along. They might make you turn the radio off. They might make you skip to the next track. They might make you do the time warp or the nutbush or the macarena. But what about these songs? How do they make you react, respond? How can we respond to them as they tell us how Christmas is bigger, both the fulfillment and the beginning of God's big rescue plan to bring us out of darkness and into peace? Well, we can follow the example of the singers of Mary and Zechariah. See, the last couple of years have been a bit different, which I've understood to mean, in Adelaide speak, that means awful, or challenging at least, a bit different, a bit ordinary. And 2022 might bring its own problems. And when life gets hard, it can lead us to doubt God. But Mary and Zechariah, they get God's perspective on their circumstances rather than their circumstances giving them their perspective on God. So God's word, his promises, are their lens on the world and their life and the extraordinary things that are happening to them. So not the world and their circumstances being their lens on God. Maybe like Mary, you've got questions. So back in verse 34, chapter 1, Mary asks you know, basically the engineering question. She, she believes, she takes the angel his word that she'll be pregnant, but she says, you know, how? So maybe you've got questions, and that's not, not about getting pregnant. Maybe you've got more questions about Jesus, about who he is, about how all this fits together. Um, if you haven't got one, take a Gospel of Luke away with you and read that. And in January, all of January, in the community center next door, we're going to be looking at who is Jesus. So we're looking at, Jesus said, 
lots of times said, I am this, that, and the other. And we're going to look at those from John's Gospel in January. In February, we'll run a Christianity Explored course as well. well. So either you or somebody you know, invite them along to that. So if you've got questions, ask them. Uh, Also, like Mary, we can be humble, acknowledging our need for God to save us and trusting in Jesus to do just that. You see, God hasn't left us guessing about what he's like or how much he loves us. He loves us so much, he's entered our world in his son, Jesus. And we've got God's promise that this baby born to Mary is our saviour and can make Christmas bigger, can bring us the joy of forgiveness. Will you take him at his word? Let's pray. Lord, thanks for these songs. Thanks for Mary's humility. Thanks for Zechariah's joy. And thank you for showing us your salvation is about saving the humble. And we acknowledge our need for forgiveness. And we thank you for Jesus and trust in him to save us. Amen.